All right, because three is a crowd, I'm here today, once again, as always, in the Blockhouse with Kelly. How's it going today, Kelly? It's so good. It's a glorious, glorious day. It is. Glorious, glorious song. We yeah. are rolling. You're doing good? Yeah. You're ready to talk about whatever this podcast is about? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me? I think, I think it is, I think it's a Bob Dylan podcast. I think. I guess we'll find I out. I think every get. week we have been listening to a Bob Dylan song for multiple years now. And we come to one another at the end of every week and we talk about Bob Dylan. And we talk about the song, what it means to us, what it means to the world, what it means to humanity. Oh, I don't know if we've talked about that. And every week we also put it into an amazing Spotify playlist that you can find at Spotify or our website, SOTW Pod. Uh, if you're interested in listening before you listen to this um, or it's available all time. Uh, I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the half a mile highway route that travels over the Mohawk River, lock number nine on the Erie Canal in Schenectady County, New York. What? And this week, What's we listen River? to the incomparable She's Your Lover Now. Something. Three? Off of the bootleg series volume one through three. Is it so glad to watch me destroy what I had. Pain sure brings out the best in people, doesn't it? Why didn't you just leave me if you didn't want to stay? Why'd you have to treat me so bad? Did it have to be that way? All right, Kelly, we spent the whole week with She's Your Lover Now, a song that we have talked about before, uh, most recently on episode 71. Sooner or later, one of us must know. Um, the two songs are definitely interlinked. They are recorded only days apart. So it totally makes sense that Bob Dylan, sort of with the failure of this song, was able to craft an amazing song. And just like One of Us Must Know Sooner or Later, it's a great example of like a plethora of takes that you can really understand the process of how this song was developed. One of us must know we had a great time talking about all of the takes on there because um, some people like Paul Griffin were having a heyday on piano. Like the piano on that is fucking incredible. And that song, just like this one, went from a Loki waltz into a semi-banger. I mean, I think One of Us Must Know is probably more of a banger, but I think that's because it's done, unlike this one. That's not so much of a banger, but it does get there. I mean, there are moments that uh, things are going crazy. So this song was actually recorded uh, on January 21st and 22nd. It was recorded from 2.30 in the afternoon to 2.30 in the morning, and it was backed by the Hawks, except for Levon Helm. So it was uh, everybody but him. So we got Robbie Robertson, Richard Manuel, International Treasure Garth Hudson, uh, Rick Danko on bass and Sonny, uh, Sonny Konikoff on drums. Uh, so they just were like, hey, Sandy, you want to come and play? And he was like, yeah, sure. Uh, he ended up playing for them for a while, but he declined going to Europe on those famous European tours. Uh, and Mickey Jones took over for Oh, not Levon. What does Levon play? Levon plays drums, but he left. Oh, he yeah. was like, okay. this band's going nowhere. So yeah, he didn't want to be, he didn't like the the sadness around people booing Bob Dylan. He was like, this is right. a depressing. And Mickey vibe. was like, I'll do it. And Mickey, he's just hanging out. 
Nice. She's like, I'm about to go be a Hollywood star. That's right. First, I got to play drums. <laughs> For like a cool 30 years. And then <laughs> I'm going to be on a show on the Disney Channel. Uh, 30 years. With Disney Channel. Sorry, Excuse ABC, me. CBS? Uh, Home Improvement and... He was unjustified as a weed dealer. Oh. So please. Stop. I mean, only home improvement is. The, I mean, home improvement is the iconic. I mean, that's where you just know him from the beard and all of that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, after after this song was um, hatched and recorded on the 21st, 22nd, uh, they broke apart. They left. And on the 25th, they came back in to two versions of Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. And then we get our, you know, 15, 16, whatever takes of One of Us Must Know Sooner or Later, which we talked about in episode 71. So you can go into that. Um, we definitely talk about moments from those songs, so we're not going to dwell on it too much here because I did bring those up before. So I definitely recommend if you've forgotten about One of Us Must Know, listen to it. A, B, listen to our episode, episode 71. Mm. I don't think I can say that any anymore. Kelly, before we get into the cutting edge versions and talk about the lyrics and what the fuck is going on with this song, why is it so highly regarded by some and some are like, no, nah, this is kind of a, just a fucking mess. What did you think of this song and your time spent with it it's always interesting to listen to the cutting edge stuff so like and i really took a moment as the ethos is that the right word pathos ethos the mission statement of the podcast is to spend time with piece of art right music in this case so i like got my fancy headphones out just sat on the couch and just listened to it i took some notes but i tried to just listen to it for the most part all the different takes so that was fun that was my opinion of my experience with the song now as far as the song is concerned uh i mean there, it's it's fun there's a lot of movement but it mostly sounds like a cacophony like it's so inconsistent this thing is barely held together it is. like it, the music instruments come in and out i mean there's a lot of instruments to begin with like we've got at least one guitar possibly two the bass the organ the piano the, the drums and on some takes an out of control tambourine um <laughs> And I, I did forget to say Mike Bloomfield is also here, so <laughs> which does add another layer of like just him and Robbie are excellent guitar players. And do we need that many guitars? Yeah, I mean, on some so level, the, there's so. a lot going on, and the the way that the instruments drop out, the tempo changes are all over the shop. It's just really yeah. a very inconsistent piece of thing. <laughs> I think unlike one of us must know, where you can really see the song being built and put together, uh, and there's like tantalizing stops in the footage too, in the recordings. So you can tell that they had a talk about things and they put something together. This one never has that moment. It's kind of frustrating to listen to um, because it's all over the place. And there are moments and I kind of want to go through my favorite parts of all of these takes, but there are moments of exasperation by Bob Mm -hmm. and exasperation on the, on the part of the musicians that are like, Bob, it changes every fucking time. Like we can't. And honestly, at the end, when he does the nine minute, Piano, piano, which is him. is wonderful. Great. Yeah. It's nine minutes. Right. You were trying to make a four and a half minute song out of a nine minute song. And I you can sense the frustration right there. It's right. like, how can you do that? Obviously, there was a long interlude. But still, without that one minute intro, it's still an eight minute song. Mm-hmm. And there are moments in that, too, where you're like, oh, you just skipped a verse. You just went ahead in a verse. And that's what he's known for. That, that guitar style of like playing to the music, he'll just improvise and add stuff and add another you know, part to a verse. It, he, he doesn't sit inside of a box, but you can't have musicians just like know what he's thinking. Right. You know? So this is a classic example of like Bob's style getting in the way of making the song good. Because if he actually stuck to a style and stuck to the practicing they did, I, I think it, they could have made it for sure. So this was never actually on an album. This was unknown for 30 years. It's not a fully realized. Not a fully realized song. No, yeah. this is a cl- this is a classic 
unreleased take. This showed up on the bootleg series volume one through one through three in 1991. So this was the first anybody had, I mean, bootleggers probably had access to this before, but for the most part, the people, yeah, for the most part, a normal person out there in the world heard this song for the first time. And I'm sure their first reaction was like mine as a kid. I'm like, this is incredible. I mean, it really is so propulsive and so fun. And that 15th take, the one that's on the bootleg series, I think is excellent. So let's talk about the song. Let's just kind of go through uh, any thoughts or favorites from the the cutting edge. But something important to note here, you as a as a new music theorist, this is a um, like a Rolling Stone. It's exactly the same chord structure, front to back, is like a Rolling Stone. And that nice. viciousness of it too is sort of, uh, you know, it's almost like just a redo. It's just doing it all over again, which is kind of like yeah, that's kind of lame. Now that you say that, I can kind of hear it, but I definitely didn't clock that at yeah, all. Yeah, I didn't clock it at all either because yeah. I don't know anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's very interesting. I mean, we start with Bob Dylan, uh, Bob Johnson saying, what do you want to call, call this song? For now? Bob Dylan uh, clearly on drugs called, saying. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll call it uh, just a little glass of water. Just a little glass of water. So that's actually the title of it on the entire all 17 uh, takes. Really? Yep. Nice. So that's what it, and that's probably what it was until Columbia probably decided this is called She's Your Lover now, not that. And that's what we're going to call it here. Um, Visions of Johanna, one of his biggest songs uh, was called Seems Like a Freeze Out. You know, there's so many of these have like weird studio titles i'm high i'm thinking i've never thought about the title god forbid but i'm about to give you some beautiful poetry but title Nah, i never thought of that so fuck it whatever um yeah so further evidence that every song begins as a waltz that first take is pretty long it's about um three minutes long and it's just like a little i mean i like it a lot i think i like like it it better than the one that ended up being on the bootleg series just because it feels less jammy it feels more structured probably because that's the the bones of it right like we have to start fucking somewhere bob we have to have some kind of framework please god so i don't know i I enjoyed it and it sounds really good it does um there's a a part where the vocals crackle like the recording of it but other than that it's like oh yeah that's right i still see you with her well that's fine, but she's coming on so strange, can't you tell? You must try to explain. You must take away her iron chain. I do it for her, but I just can't remember how. Talk to her. You're her lover now. Yeah, it was great, except for that it didn't go anywhere. It was only three minutes long, and it yeah. made it to verse... I mean, it did make it to verse three, um, but it did fall off. One thing that is different than than um, the, this compared to One of Us Must Know is that the lyrics for One of Us Must Know, that song we watched come together live. Like, they were, they really were experimenting. This one was much more structured. He changes some things, which we're going to get into the lyrical differences in a bit, but for the most part, this song is set. Like he as is, far as the poet that he's, that he's working from? Ready to go, yeah. right? He might change the landlord and the pawnbroker and stuff like that, little things. And obviously that's a huge difference when like you're really analyzing a song, but it doesn't really fuck up the structure and stuff. I think his biggest problem here was putting the words just into a form that sounded good. Mm-hmm. And I think he, you're right. I think he had it, but maybe he didn't want the waltz. I, we also talked about that on One of Us Must Know because it started like a waltz too. And I think we were both charmed by it. I mean, I think we said one of our favorite ones was the waltzy version of it. 
But then it's like you listen to that compared to what it became. You're like, well, you might think the waltz is cool, but did you want? You can't stay the waltz, right? It can't stay that way. Why not? Because listen to what we got out of it. You know. <laughs> now you could say, what did we get out of this one? I don't. I don't know. Right. Maybe nothing. Um, yeah, and then so we get a couple more sort of things. Um, we get a moment where uh, Bob says, um, "Let's stop playing. Everybody, stop playing." And it's just going to be me and Garth. Yeah. So we've confirmed Garth Hudson. Yeah, I know. International like, Treasure oh, Garth shit, Hudson confirmed. And honestly, what the internet has, you know, the internet and not only not only the internet, but also um, the bootleg series volume one through three. Um, if you went out to the store and bought it, he didn't have access to what we do. Like the cutting edge was so cutting edge because it provided what people have wanted forever, which is the entire rundown of him performing the songs because even though he had full access, John Baldy, who wrote the liner notes for the bootleg series, volume one through three in his description, he describes every song. Cause a lot of these were new songs or really, you know, unique cuts. He says, uh, that this was recorded in January of 1966, which is true so far. So good with Rick Danko, Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson, then known as the Hawks, Al Cooper and Paul Griffin on organ and piano respectively. So incorrect. He, incorrect. And at the very back, and I was like, well, that's weird. Maybe he just got wrong information. But at the very back, you can go to She's Your Lover Now, Bob Dylan on guitar, Robbie Robertson, Garth Hudson on organ, hmm. Manuel on piano, Danko on bass, and Konikoff on drums. So it's correct here. Weird. But his thing was wrong. But I think it's, I'm not blaming Baldi or by any means. I mean, his little essay is really great and I want to read it later on. But I think it goes to show that people did not have a good working knowledge of who was there. Yeah. So I think it's more academic, my interest in this kind of stuff, but I love it when they say people's names. And I'm sure that was huge for the people who finally got access. They're like, oh, Garth Hudson confirmed. Like I, we joke about it, but like, I'm sure they're like, fuck, that was Garth the whole time. Al Cooper's not here. That was a huge, I thought Al Cooper was here because he shows up later because it's inconceivable. Why is Al Cooper coming so to play? Yeah. Why is Al Cooper coming to play on One of Us Must Know? Why was Manuel and Hudson not invited three days later to play on that song? Mm-hmm. And that's a mystery. So you probably assume, because you don't know, you're like, well, they probably just weren't there to begin with. Because otherwise we have to answer the question of why Bob Dylan was like, no, nah, I'm good. International Treasure Garth Hudson. Right. I don't need you. Why? That's what I mean. And Paul Griffin's <laughs> on piano. This is up to what you're saying. Paul Griffin is on. <laughs> Paul Griffin's on piano on One of Us Must Know, killing it. But Manuel, the, I thought Bob was playing the piano in on this one. Bob's playing piano and Manuel is playing piano. As oh, well. yeah. So Manuel's here as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's again. But why Jesus was Christ. also treasured Richard Manuel? Not, on. not invited three days later to perform on One of Us Must Know. Do they got in a little fight? I don't know if, if it's a fight, but did it work out? You know, maybe it did. Maybe Bob was like, the person fucking up here is Karth. Well, you know, I mean, I don't understand how you could conceive of that, but it is easier to manipulate. It's not the word I want to use. But for people that are really great musicians, I'm sure it's less easy to control, constrain, restrict. It's much, it's probably less easy to restrict. Mm good musicians uh, than it is for someone like, cause Al Cooper's like the guy who was just like, I came in and pressed the button on the organ. Woo. I'm in the band. Yeah. Right. That's him. Okay. So I, I'm sure Bob could be like, do this exactly. And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, cool. I think that's a fair Meanwhile, point. Garth is like, um, excuse me. <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. Our Konikoff, the drummer also was not invited back. Uh, he said later that he was exactly that. He was so out of 
his depths performing with them that he did everything he would do anything asked of him well that it's makes still a lot weird. of sense with the drums though because that guy could not keep time we we ended a completely different tempo than we began on every take almost yeah. there's about there's only i think there's one or two verses that are really cool because he, he's allowed to to i i don't think that he's not good or anything i no, think that he's but, like restrained he's trying to well do, he's trying to fit what bob dylan's doing and that's the problem but like i think that you have to be defined as a drummer because your job yeah. more than anything is to keep the fucking time and if you let bob dylan get in your head <laughs> you're gonna try to follow him which is not what you should be doing true. because someone's got to be the goddamn anchor okay it's true <laughs> oh dago's probably looking over there like uh, i mean it's usually it would be me and levon keeping that fucking anchor going you know it's it is the drums and the bass that are keeping right. this thing going uh, and Garth sort of uh, augmenting that because I liked it. I liked it when everything fell off and it was just kind of like a little spacey organ there. But I mean, I'm glad it didn't make it to the end, but uh, that was definitely there. Uh, take six was a, a complete take of it. Uh, that version is on all versions of the bootleg series volume 12. So if you buy the the standard one, you know, the one disc version, if you will, or the, the three disker, you know, that has the best of all of them or the full one, you're going to get take number six. Mm. Uh, so, and that's, I think the better complete version. Yeah, I agree. I like, I counted this as the complete slow version. Mm. Like this is the waltz version. Although again, the tempo was all over the fucking trap, but it was, um, and this having that, that take of, of, uh, Bobby like, no, it just me and Garth on this one yeah. was really illuminating and a formula. Cause like, Oh, that w- some of that was intentional. He did want moments of everybody dropping out. He did want that yeah. because otherwise it just sounds like a fucking train wreck where nobody knows what they're doing, which is the reality of the situation. But at least that gave me like a little, okay. Like he, he does want something. He cannot communicate it. He is not executing it. But he d- he did have an idea, and that and that's evident throughout. Every time Bob says you know, something, he gets frustrated. He definitely knows what he wanted to do. Right. Why was it so hard for you? He didn't want to be there just to leave. Six is great, yeah. Then seven, we have Bob Johnson saying, uh, if you will on that foot pedal on the big piano. Which you could totally hear. Really? Yeah, oh I yeah. I mean, I heard something. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And then Bob's like, that's that's me. I, <laughs> that's not like me. when they were talking, but like uh, especially when it, um, later in the Bob solo version, like you could hear that. What okay. I don't know what kind of piano that is. I'm assuming it's one of those um, big upright piano. Yeah, the big one. Yeah. It's got, I would imagine, I know nothing about pianos. But so I there you go. Just, that's confirmation right there of Manuel, in my opinion. So we have two pianos going. Someone else is playing the piano. Bob is on a piano. See, I didn't clock that at all. I well, I mean, just, if someone's playing the piano, right, and it's, it's the big one over there, someone's playing the big one, right. Bob's over here. So it's not you, Bob. It's the other piano. Right. So there's two pianos. I guess I was just thinking the organ. He was just, for some mm. reason. But why would he be saying... That when he meant the organ. Anyway. That's yeah. true. Uh, and then Bob is like, yeah, you talking about me? And it's like, no. And then Bob says, you okay, Mike? Yep. Mike Bloomfield confirmed. <laughs> uh, and then we get another rehearsal where Bob ends it by saying, I can't hear anybody. I can't hear is anything. Anyone is anyone playing? Uh, play. And then Robbie Robertson confirmed, play Robbie. Let me hear you play. Boom. We confirm it. People left and right over here. I can't hear anybody, man. I can't hear anybody. Nobody's playing. I can't hear anything. No, no. I just can't hear anything. Is anybody playing? Play, Robbie. Let me hear you play. Mm-hmm. 
it's not now working. Now that we've talked about the two piano thing, that makes a lot of sense because I was like, wow, there's a lot of fucking reverb on one of the, like yeah, yeah. I, man, I'm so glad, yeah, because <laughs> I was like, definitely not the same piano, like. Mm. Because this effects sound totally different. One of them sounds like a fucking beat up Western saloon style upright piano, and right. one of them sounds like just like a reverb dial and back. Yeah. Other piano. Boom. Turns out this is what context is for. Too much shit going on. <laughs> the most fascinating take for me was take ten and eleven, the eleven eleven minute long sort of combination. I mean, I think there were more than fucking two takes on this one uh, because oh, yeah. Bob is sort of losing his mind here. You know, I, I don't know if that's right. Am I losing it, man? Yeah. Uh, play the way that I play. Come on. Deedly, deedly, deedly. That was my favorite. Yeah. Play, that one. play the double beat, the four, four time, play the deedly, deedly on the chicka, chicka, chicka. The silence in the room of like, I don't know what you're talking about. Bob, you want to try it once? Like you had it out there with that double beat. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Play the beat. The double beat. And with the 4 4 drum, just. Play it again. No, no, play the. Play this other part you're playing. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Chicka, chicka. Hey, we'll do it. Why don't you just. You want to do it? I want to. That's just a fever dream going on in well, my head the, right like, now. It, Bob Johnson is the guy, the producer, right? Producer, yeah. Yeah, the, him even being like, come on, play the 4-4. The four, four, he's like, I don't know what you... <laughs> Bob, like, I don't know what you mean. I don't know. <laughs> it's your song, man. What do you mean you don't know? know? And then, uh, and then a, a little a peek into probably why this song also failed was um, Bob sort of was like, let's cut it. And Bob Johnston says, tape's rolling. And then Bob immediately, Bob Dylan was like, oh. So that, that moment right there, I think, was pretty illuminating because... It's an indication that this was on a time frame, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a, in a future world, Bob Dylan can to his detriment have all the time in the fucking world right. to make a song and ruin it. But it's like, listen, man, we've got 200 minutes of tape and this is how long we've got. And we're physically, we're taping yeah. a tape. This isn't digital. This isn't, right. we can't fucking just go back in and put something else in and that's not easy. Right. So like you got to get this man. Um, so that was, that was a pretty interesting like look. And then Bob gets savage. When he's just like, just play it together. Make it all together. Just play it together. Just just make it all together. You don't, you don't have to play anything fancy or nothing. Just 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 together. Okay? Let's just put up one, one together. You, do you need earphones to hear it? You don't need it. you don't have to play anything fancy just play it together do you need earphones yeah and the guys in the back that's when they were you heard someone say hey man it's not that it changes every time yeah. i was like i had to turn that up all i couldn't away. hear it that's yeah. i'm glad that you so that's i think that's the gist of what he's saying and then immediately after that he's like do you need headphones just to keep that tension still going and i was like man if this is motivational bob it worked immediately they they really started to crush it because then you get this really beautiful um instrumental that goes on for a long time where you just listen to them slowly piece together kind of what 
uh, the, the final version, quote unquote, final version is going to sound like, which yeah. I thought was fucking awesome. Also with Bob being, I'm in charge, Mr. Sassy Pants. Mm. Why can't you guys just fucking play together? Why can't you follow me on my whims and wills that change every fucking time? Come exactly. on, be in my head, be in this moment. Hello. That's drugs, drugs, drugs. Uh, <laughs> while he's doing all that, he's playing the piano, presumably, because yeah. he's the one that's saying, like, no, like this. Mm-hmm. And then the piano comes in, so I'm assuming he's playing one of the pianos. Well, and that's the thing. There are moments where he's clearly t- like sitting next to somebody or talking to somebody, and I'm assuming that it's probably Manuel because he's like sort of tapping away, and then he'll say something like, follow my key. Because mm. then later, the rest of this take, all of the takes from here on out, basically devolve into sort of playing it. It gets close to our version that we know, but often it's, I can't get back in the key. I've lost the song. Right. Um, so it's, it's I think, trying to get in a key that he thinks he needs to be in he can no longer reach that key. But I think in this one, he does say um, he's sort of plucking away and then he's like this key be in mm-hmm. this key. Yeah. It really made me think about um, that little anecdote. It wasn't Sue's. It was the first one. Was there any like echo echo yeah. We're talking about like we would invite Go him over and... and he would play the piano instead of playing the guitar. And I wanted to play the guitar. He's so good at the guitar. And I was yeah. like, man, Good for him because he can play the fucking piano like this early too. I mean, I guess it's not that early. What is this? You said 66, right? This is 66. And he's dicking around in Minnesota playing the piano, upsetting Echo. 59? I think that was Bonnie Beecher that you might be thinking of. 59, 59, 60, 61. So, I mean, the guy has been good for him for being like, I can play the guitar. Fine. Uh, I want to play the piano now. And like he was fucking nice. doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, he plays it on uh, another side of Bob Dylan as well. So he was playing it in 64. Yeah, piano, but I just but. like. It's cool to see his growth like, yeah. as a musician. It's really... Oh, he's amazing. We should write, do a podcast about Bob Dylan. <laughs> we should really talk more about Bob Dylan. <laughs> uh, take 12 uh, has some cool lyrical differences that we'll get into, but it's a pretty short two, two minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, take 13 uh, is interesting, again, for the drums because it's kind of the only version that has that 4-4 mm-hmm. double beat. And I think it's, it might actually be Beyond the Waltz, the most successful one, because that was one that was set straight to a beat of drums mm. that did not deviate until Bob fucked it up. And, and we got Bob at the end just saying, like, I, I can't do it. You know, I mean, it, that's kind of how they all end, you know. But otherwise, if he kept that going at the speed it was going to, it would have been a four and a half minute long song. Is that the is that the one where we used to take 14? Take four, take 13. 13, okay. Sorry, never mind. Uh, and then take 14, um, that's the one where Bob says, let me start it first. And he starts doing the piano by Which himself. Which made and, me nauseated. Really? there was like a detuned piano sound that was happening. Mm. I was like, no. was like, no, I did not catch any of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then finally, we get to take fifteen, which is the one on the Bootleg series, Volume One through Three. When I started listening to that, I was like, "Wait a second! Wait a second! This is the one." Which is another weird instance of uh, you know, it's got a couple of little intro parts, and then it's got right. a count in. I'm like, "Why do you take that out?" <laughs> well, this—that's one of the things about this song. It just starts, and I couldn't figure out why it just starts. And and it's like because here. they never know when it's happening. Sure. They're like, oh shit. Okay, now it's it's now. But there was an actual countdown, but you wouldn't know that from listening to the Billy right. Series Volume 1 through 3 because they cut out all of the lead up to the start. Ready? Your pawn broke a road. And it just feels like it does just start. Yeah. Um, even though I kind of like the way it starts, it's so iconic now, you know, listening to the song. But it was cool to have not only the count in and the song, but also I've always wondered what happened like right after the the end drums, you know, when the song mm-hmm. abruptly ends. We get right after that on the on the cutting edge. 
the moments directly after. So we get to hear what, did what happen? happened. Yeah. And then there's a couple more weird rehearsal things, which I feel like we're kind of probably just appeasing Bob at that point, because then we get to get to our, our, you know, solo Bob on a piano. Right. But we get more iconic lines like, oh, it's oh, ugly. It's oh, not it's that okay. way at all. I why can't. Why don't you take a break? I can't hear the song anymore. <laughs> exactly. Can't do this. And that's describing the experience for all of us at that mm-hmm. point. Because I, I, when he said that, I was like, oh, I'm over the songs. Yeah, I'm I'm done with this song. Yeah. And then nine minutes more of the song. Right. Uh, but I did. I, I loved it. I loved that piano version. Last take. With the bob. Anytime. It was good. It was good. And it's, then it's not going to be exactly right. It's not going to be exactly right. Um, whatever that could possibly mean yep. in his brain. I don't know. We'll never know. I think it was, that was really my favorite moment on the, the cutting edge, the cutting edge, the cutting edge was being able to hear the piano because you really understood. This is what I was trying to do. Yeah. I'm classic Bob trying to fit too many fucking words in a verse. And I'm trying to make these people understand what I'm trying to do. And it just like, wow, this is, perfect you idiot why didn't you just make it a fucking piano song instead of adding eight more instruments that you didn't necessarily need with people that couldn't fucking keep up with you because you're changing your mind every three seconds or make it a piano song and then let them go home and like listen to it yes and really get that would down work too what this should have been step one why wasn't this step one i don't understand or you know again he probably did do, i mean i can't imagine he didn't do some version of that right. but again it changed immediately after so even if they had this they would have come in the studio the next morning ready to go and he would have been like i have an idea this is a new <laughs> but we're not recording it fuck it right. you know and it's like we, we can't we can't do this Bob you know I was straight with you you know I never tried to change you in any way you know that if you didn't want to be with me that you didn't have to stay heart palpitations for a second it's like huh did you get that like what if he didn't what if he didn't <laughs> that's all we had was oh no i just got that part yeah you were just saying did we get that yeah because uh, he was saying i couldn't hear it maybe we couldn't hear it. maybe we haven't heard anything the whole time and so i think is the time of the podcast that we talk about what's going on what is going on uh we're gonna talk about the song we're gonna talk about the lyrics and we're gonna talk about the theme um, we're going to try to be as uh, judicious and quick as possible. I'm not going to go through every single line change or anything like that. But as we go, I am going to throw throw out from different versions. I've mainly taken from take one, take four, take six, take 12, take 15, which is the one on the bootleg series volume one through three, and take 16, Bob's piano version. And just any subtle difference we'll kind of talk about. Because even the one on BobDylan.com, not your source for any good information, is trash and is wrong on all the levels like it's just it's it's comical how bad all of this it's kind like of a terrible is. amalgamation of there's one moment where there's an ellipses a fucking like we don't even know what really goes here and then adds in another thing and i'm like what so we'll talk about all that because i just i can't believe what's being passed off as like the official the official Bob anything at this point book. all right so kelly let's let's get into Verse one. So there's four verses total. We're not going to read uh, every single lyric or anything like that, but we'll kind of go into the differences and stuff. But Kelly, what 
I want to go verse by verse and I want you to, to talk me through what is happening. Uh, for some people, this is an incomprehensible song and I just oh, don't see it that way. I think you can definitely make some weird spins if you want to, but I think it's, I don't think our, ver- I, I think you disagree. I disagree. Yeah. I think our two disagreements are probably not going to be the same, but we both disagree that there is, there is a narrative structure here. Yeah. Have yeah, some that. imagination. There's always a structure, baby. Let's go. Come on. All right. So Kelly, I want you to tell me what's going on in verse one. This is the breakup. The song is about a breakup and then seeing your ex after the fact. The end. That is the narrative structure of the song. So first one is the breakup. A breakup pretty intense because the fucking landlord comes out and is like, hey, asshole, stop fighting the fucking street. Mm. And she takes his shit and sells it to a pawnbroker. That's pretty great. Oh, oh she takes his, his shit. Like his, yeah, his stuff. I thought you said a shit. Oh, no. Takes her shit right in the street. It's <laughs> kind of what I thought you were going to go for. <laughs> so... They're having such a public fight mm. that people are, are making a, a st- like, wow, these fucking white trash people need to go on Jerry Springer, which doesn't exist yet, but they need to go to there. I wish there was a show for this. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's, just, I, that's the first verse. It's just like, come on. What the fuck? I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that that to me is well, just the, the okay. jump off. That's the beginning. Okay. So let me, let me frame this a little better. Okay. The, the song is about the breakup and then the events afterwards seeing your ex somewhere. But the first verse is told in the past tense because I think the whole incident takes place, this whole song takes place at a costume party. At a party, yeah. Yeah. So he's the narrator at the costume party seeing the ex with the new guy. Right. Presumably. We'll make this as gender free as possible. The narrator is seeing their ex who is a woman just because they do use she. She, yeah. She's Uh, a she. But... Maybe their new person is a lady. Right. Who fucking knows? Maybe the narrator's a lady. You know, I'm always trying to make everything gay any boy I possibly I can. I think it's all really neutral except for her. Yeah, She's exactly. So narrator breaks up uh, with this person. They go to a costume party where they see the new person with their new paramour. Yes. Yes. So the first verse is them reminiscing on the breakup. That was a pretty violent breakup we had. You threw all my shit in the street and then sold it. And uh, the landlord got mad at us. Cool. I remember that. As he's, you know, drinking his fucking drink at the party being pissed i wonder what he's dressed as i didn't think about Ooh. that see i didn't necessarily think a costume party i mean that makes it easier just because she's got the fisheye head and a harpoon and yeah the, the she's dressed as a harpoon, sea, sea captain which is <laughs> incredible yeah um so that is fun i think i have thought about that before but i don't think it even matters really because i think it's almost more crazy that she is that and no one else is it's almost like a normal party but right, she's so she's crazy so, and eccentric. Yes, and, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think there's even more structure than that, though, because I agree with you 100% that they're at a party. Most of this is happening at the party, mm-hmm. and it's mainly reminiscing. Uh, so for me, I, I don't see anything with um, necessarily with the fight. I don't even see oh, really? a fight between the two of them. The pawnbroker roaring, I see the pawnbroker roaring as excitement. And the landlord could be roaring in anger at not having money. The landlord gets no money. The pawnbroker gets all the money because he's selling all of his stuff. Or because maybe maybe they were even engaged and she sells the ring. Sells so the, it's like, yeah, hey, yeah. But taking her, taking her out of it, that part really doesn't even matter. Um, because both of you were so glad. Both of you were so glad. So he's talking right now to the, to the ex-girlfriend. And, oh. To the ex-girlfriend and the new guy. Oh, I might have the new guy. I was so thinking you were you talking both, about the landlord and the pawnbroker. No, they're randoms. They're just <laughs> randoms. No, so you both you both were so glad to watch me destroy everything I had. Uh, pain sure brings out the people, the best in people, doesn't it? Ironically, because it doesn't bring out the best in people. Uh, whoa. What? 
And then I feel like at every 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 verse goes in the structure. So not only do we have that intro, but then we go into reminiscence mode. Why didn't you just leave me when you didn't have to stay? Every every verse kind of goes into this little right. this little refrain in his head where he's just like, "Why did you leave? You know, did if I didn't treat you so bad, you know, um, why did it have to be that way?" Oh, so maybe she cheated, right? Like because. Clearly this person, her new person was in the picture, right? If both of you were so glad to see me yeah. freak out. Or Bob um, or just like fell on hard time? times. Oh, I mean, yeah. again, fe- like after was... they broke up. So anyways, he is looking at her at the party. So we're at the party right. more in this moment. He's like, why did it have to be this way? And then we flash to them being together with one another. And then we get the, the meanness starting to creep in when he's now you stand here expecting me to remember something you forgot to say, almost like they're just having a conversation. Hey, how's it going? And then, which they might. Yeah. And then he's like, Hey, you remember that one time or whatever. And then he's like, fucking this bitch <laughs> asking me to remember something, you know, that suppo- supposedly happened or whatever. Right. So he's getting all pissed off. And then, and then he directs his ire at the new flame, which is kind of all the same, the same, always the same in every verse. Yes, in you, I see you're still with her. Well, that's fine because she's coming on so strange. Can't you tell? Kind of being shitty. He's just being, uh, he's being shitty right there. Uh, and then the last verse is when he gets really vicious. Somebody better explain. Again, talking to the new lover. Somebody better explain. She's got her iron chain. I do it, but I can't remember how. Um it's almost like an instruction manual for the girl. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of like, you, you're not keeping your girl on lock. Sort of not understanding that that might have been the reason that they broke up to begin with was him being controlling and whatever. But he's basically like, the whole room is judging you right now for not keeping your, your lady under control. And so he sort of just, now he's not saying that to anybody, right? He's like, in my head, still just having polite conversation. Right. He's just talking with them, but he's going through these things of grief. He's going through like the niceness of like, why couldn't it have worked? Oh, cause you're a fucking bitch. And then he's like, fuck this new guy. Fuck all of this. So that's kind of how I see this song. Every verse kind of going. Yeah. Um, this this uh, this song feels very personal. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe that's why it didn't come out. Like to me. <laughs> personally Whoa. <laughs> because i feel like oh i, I live this <laughs> no no i've, I've certainly i've certainly 100 lived this and yeah. i and i think that's why it makes it so fucking immediate that's why i think that it's not as good of a song as one of us must know sooner or later because that one while it had these particulars it wasn't so particular yeah. it wasn't so fucking specific yeah. uh and it is better for it <laughs> i just so, don't know how he could write a song about my life like that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, just I mean, at the end when he spits out that you talk to her, she's your lover. Now. Because those he's things saying, are spit. Yeah, oh. well, she's your lover now. Is she's your problem now? That Amen. is one hundred percent what it is. Amen. Best lines uh, of verse one. I've got pain. Sure brings out the best in people. Okay. Doesn't mm, so good. Uh, and then I do it, but I just can't remember how. I do like that because. You know that he does remember how, mm-hmm. and he wishes he could. But she's your problem now, baby. So I don't gotta remember how to put that chain on there. <laughs> love it, love it. And then I've got my vicious. Um, I, I created a scale for how vicious these lines are, and I rank them in peppers, pepper emojis. Nice Scoville uh, scale stuff. Scoville scale, but that's probably trademarked. Um, uh, so my favorite vicious lines in verse one. Now you, now you stand here expecting me to remember something you forgot to say. Two peppers. <laughs> it's of, out of four peppers. Sorry. Sure, out of four. Sure. Out of four. Okay. Clearly. Duh. I mean, you guys know how the pepper scale works. Uh, okay. Yesing you. I see you're still with her. Well, that's fine because she's coming on so strange. Can't you tell? One pepper. Pretty mean. Uh, but then you talk to her. She's your lover now. That refrain. That's a constant two pepper. There's so <laughs> many 
so much harder stuff coming. Right. Um, that I freaking love. <laughs> Two pepper medium. The most changes lyrically come in verse one, uh, that it's almost impossible to sort of sort them out. Do you think they're significant? The, the, I don't think that anything is super significant. Uh, he does change in verse 12. The landlord's the one that roars. The pawnbroker falls to the floor. So they are like kind of real characters in his head. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's like they're either how they roar or they did roar. You know, so you're basically like adding O's. Yeah. And really, the tenses don't really get big until later. Um, he says something like the scene was so crazy, wasn't it? For most of the versions, he says the scene is so crazy instead uh-huh. of was so crazy so that's kind of an interesting change but not not too big of a deal um to watch me destroy what i had he's other versions say when i lost everything i had to see me destroy every everything i had to see me lose everything i had so that does change not so much destroying right he lost it in some versions not destroyed right so he's taking in some verses or some versions he's taking the blame other times he's saying it just happened absolutely yeah and then uh another line why'd you have to treat me so bad he says later why'd you have to hurt me so bad so that kind of so it's all accountability yeah the language does change which we've talked about a lot the the most vicious versions are usually the first ones right and then slowly he starts to be more judicious Mm -hmm. in part partitioning parceling out blame and then um yeah somebody better explain she's got her iron chain i don't really know what the iron chain thing is except for a costume type of thing well, but it's also kind of like a ball and chain yeah and i like, think it's that i think it's like if you don't keep a leash on her right so other versions of that too which i don't know if, if it complicates this or not but um she must take off her iron chain so somebody better explain she must take off her iron chain you must take away her iron chain, what she should really do with her iron chain, um, that she's carrying her iron chain. Mm-hmm. I think you'd better. And then uh, in, in one version, oh, in his piano version, he swaps them. Uh, take off her iron chain. I think you had better explain. I'd do it, but I just don't remember how. So he kind of, that's the final version. If we put any weight on the final version is like the version that he does take off her iron chain. I think you better explain. That almost makes no sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely changes the meaning. That one's specifically about her agency and, like, what we're trying to say. Are you saying that, like, you know, if you don't keep keep an eye on her, she's going to sleep with the first person she sees. She's going to get into trouble, quote unquote, right? Uh, right? Or it's she feels trapped and you need to take this off of her so she can be a good person. Otherwise, she's going to leave you or do something bad, right? So on one hand, it's the chain is a negative that will make your relationship better once it's removed. And on the other hand, it's you need to put that chain on there and make sure it's there. Otherwise your relationship's not going to work. So that really makes a big difference. That's a great, that's a great point. Verse number two, what's going on in verse two, Kelly? Oh, we're just at the party. I got nothing. I got nothing special after that. I mean, um, I don't know what a felony room is, but, um, this one's, I, I feel like it gets a little more metaphorical as we go on. It does. I'm pretty basic, so I like to keep it literal. Everyone's in a costume because that makes it easier for me to uh, I love wrap it. my head around. I think that's but, fine. Uh, yeah, no, I just, we're at the party. He's looking around and he's, you know, reminiscing and just kind of narrating. It's like doing a people watching thing, right? Yeah, like oh, he's yeah. just watching them pissed off in the corner with his arms crossed. That's exactly how I see it. Too. Outside alone in the in the rain. It's a Bob Dylan. It is Bob Dylan. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that motherfucker's outside. And so one version of him is outside in the rain right now. Right. Yeah, no, I got, we're still at the party uh, being with, with his ex to me feels like being in a prison which the felony room is the only thing i can think uh and then she doesn't have to pretend to be cordial i love that you know i'm not the judge you don't have to be nice to me oh tell your friend in the tell your friend your boyfriend uh in the cowboy hat Uh, he keeps on saying everything twice to me um some people have chalked that up to like nerves like the other characters like nerve like he's just trying to be your friend like oh "Oh, we're oh that's fun yeah 
Uh, otherwise, I just see it as like, oh, this is kind of weird that I'm meeting the ex-boyfriend, but like, hey, we're here. How's it going? Uh, I don't really know what to say, but but of course, to him, it's like this fucking guy. Yeah. But for the uh, for the new boyfriend, he's probably like, I don't. That and also like see I didn't even clock the cowboy as necessarily the boyfriend just another yeah. party goer like oh, get this either. fucking idiot away from me I'm trying to brood well I think I think that if you do do that 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 also makes it interesting too because it's almost like a fish out of water story like Bob or the narrator sorry the narrator is at a costume party but he is now a sober minded individual and all around him he just sees children he just right. sees um, party whatever and so all of these weird characters are are kind of like you know his own visions of like who these people are oh and it might be such a distance between the breakup that like she, like they've made amends kind of like they've pretended that they can be friends now right it's definitely too soon for them to actually be friends but yes, we're gonna pretend because we still want each other around because we still like to hurt each other so she invited him to the party but he doesn't actually know anybody there. ah that's good that's good yeah that's that's might be fair yeah, yeah. i think we never really learn even in my version uh, what happens because once again we go back to the wistfulness um, I know I was straight with you I know I never tried to change you in any way you know really nice and then the Bob Dylan version on BobDylan.com the official version has you know if you don't want to be with me that you could dot 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 didn't have to stay that you could dot 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 didn't okay so of course it's that you didn't have to stay and that's kind of like the through line for all of them right. so anyways BobDylan.com not your source for any anything <laughs> Good. Um, now you stand here saying that you for, and then again, once he, go, he gets back into mad and you stand here saying you forgive and forget, honey, what can I say? And the other versions of that were interesting because you stand here saying you forgive me. Well, what can I say? That changes the whole tone of saying like, I'm sorry. That's not how the other versions go. Cause forgive and forget is different than I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, the other one's like, we both fucked up. Um, and then my favorite line of the whole thing. Yeah, I see you. You just sit around and ask for ashtrays, can't you reach? I see you kiss her on the cheek every time she gives a speech. <laughs> so once again, he's being annoyed by the boyfriend just asking for an ashtray. Is what that is, <laughs> but viciously. <laughs> And then he and then he turns it around to be like, I see you kiss her on, and this is where he spirals back out, just like in the last verse. I see you kiss her on a cheek every time she gives a speech. She's up there with her fucking po- po- postcards of Billy the Kid, her fucking book about the pyramids, and everybody's bowing to her. Everybody loves her. You better talk to her about it because you're an embarrassment again. Mm-hmm. Instruction manual, you're not following it. And then you're her lover now, not she's your, you're her. So yeah. everything is reflecting back on you, just like it was on me, or right. so I think, you know, that kind of bullshit. So, oh, love it. But he's still in it because he's definitely not at the, the. Oh, he's the, not over it. He's, not even a little bit. Shit. He loves it. Oh, yeah. Uh, general thoughts it, the, the, the cowboy is probably Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Ramblin' Jack Elliott played with the Rolling Thunder review. Right, I remember watching that fake documentary. The fake with you. documentary, yes. <laughs> so he actually, uh, this is pretty good. I like this a lot. Apparently, he began to play "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right." He keeps on saying everything twice to me. He started playing Bob Dylan's song "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right." Bob Dylan saw him play it and said, "That's your song now." Basically, you've done it so well. It's basically your song. Oh wow! So now we sort of put him in because he had the cowboy hat. That's what he's known for. And then he keeps on saying everything twice to me. "Don't nice. Think Twice, It's All Right." It's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, And then, of course, we get the Billy the Kid reference well before he stars in the movie. Pat Garrett and Billy the (laughs) Kid. And makes a soundtrack for it, which I think is also pretty fun. I don't know what the picture books of the pyramid are. Like, hey, guys, look at my books. 
I think it's just like any. I know. I've just been places. Showing off. I've yeah. been places. I've right. seen things. Yeah. It's, I'm I, important. And sometimes it'll be the postcards of the pyramid. Sometimes it'll be the snapshots of Billy the Kid, which mm. I don't think there are. I mean, I, no, I guess there would be some snapshots. I mean, it was early, early days of photography. Well, but. there's no such thing as a snapshot in early days because everyone has to sit for six hours to get true. a picture. So true. And this would have been way. Yeah. Um, best line. Uh, by far, I ain't the judge. You don't have to be nice to me. How many peppers? How many peppers are we getting? No pepper. That's not vicious. That's that's just good. That's great. I mean, it's mean, but it's yeah. okay. If we're gonna give it a pepper rating, I give it one pepper. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty Thank good. You. And then, uh, yes, you you sit around and ask for ashtrays. Can't you reach eleven peppers? <laughs> eleven <laughs> fucking a peppers. Pepper scale. It You're... is so good. It is so good. I like. I don't. I don't think people even realize how good it is. Oh, I did. I see. It's I thought it was about so her. I didn't realize that this verse was all about like the new person. But it. It, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily is. I, I like. Either way, I, I, I mean, it's, it's totally great. The sentiment's one hundred percent the same. Whether it's about uh, her or whether it's about the new uh, person. I think this makes it more vicious when she's not even around him. Like, because again, she can't fucking stand you. Because it's one thing to sit in the corner, right, or be right. outside the window, like we have Bob and other things. But it's another thing to be like out in public, thinking these thoughts and like. Just sort of like in a weird, awkward moment next to the the new boyfriend, like that's got to be strange. And then she's gone off to do something else, but he's he in his head, he's musing all of these things. Right. Uh, and then just this whole thing, they're probably just sitting down. And he's like, "Hey, can I get an ashtray?" This fucking guy, <laughs> this fucking guy, it's fucking great. And he just sees that as like everything wrong with the world right. is this fucking guy Absolutely. wanting a fucking ashtray. Yeah. Uh, verse number three, Kelly, what's going on? Well. We're still at the party. Still at the party. <laughs> but I do like that he runs Castle with El Paso. Oh, that's pretty so nice. Oh, Castle Honey with El Paso Honey. Even better. Oh, yeah. That's not really. But this, like, yeah, definitely. Paso, yeah. She's getting more drunk and more boisterous as the night goes on. And she's okay. definitely dressed as a fisherman. Uh, and she's standing <laughs> on a table, being obnoxious, holding a fucking fish head, and being like, ah, I'm the most exciting, creative, intelligent person that's ever lived. But is she? Is she what? Doing those things? Yeah. I mean, I think so. She'll be standing on the bar soon. Oh, right. Well, because he knows this. He's seen this before. Or this is classic he this person. He knows soon who she is. She will be on the bar. Sure. Yeah. But what if he? she never was on the bar? What if all of that was all just a facade in his own head? I mean, that what if be. she was never as crazy or wild or anything? I mean, I think that's... Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's more of the point, right? Like. Yeah. You've probably made up this person in your head. I, I guess, totally. again, if you've been in that type of relationship or know that type of person, as we all do, then you are like, yeah, she'll be on the bar soon. Yeah. This bitch will have a fucking fish head. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen. But it might not happen. Yeah. Maybe things are different, but I don't want to. You're definitely not going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Of right. course not. Um, I love. Uh, for me, I don't know if the party's actually over because when it starts, everybody that cares is going up the castle stairs. Um, but I'm not up in your castle, honey. Um Maybe that's like a literal, maybe it's a metaphorical castle. Like we're all, like all of your friends are going Well, for me, you. I think you can make this easily analogous to like all your friends are going upstairs to do drugs, right? Like you're all oh, going to fucking okay. the secret VIP room kind of situation okay. where everyone does coke. And then, but I'm, I'm good. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of put it together with the why must everybody bow line as if you bow to a royalty right sure. so then the next line is everybody that cares is going up your cat going up the castle stairs almost like all the people that bowed or you know just surrounding yourself around you mm. it, i don't know i saw it more metaphorical than obviously there's no castles but okay. then immediately he's like i can't even remember things that we did <laughs> i can't even remember el paso and san francisco 
And then immediately he's wistful again. Ah, oh, I never meant. You never had to be faithful. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want you to grieve. I was so good and supportive. Why is it so hard for you? If you didn't want to be with me, just leave. I was perfect. And if then you'll recall. immediately. Now you, and this is where it gets dicey. Now you stand here with your fingers going up my sleeve. And that's when you're like, oh, maybe this is not an inaccurate portrait of the situation. Not, not that he's totally right in all of it, but like. That's what I'm saying. When you try to be friends, you fucking pretend. It's been three months. We're fine. I know we were together for two years, but I know we lived together and we had a whole fucking life together, but we're fine. Six months later, it's fine. I can hang out with your boyfriend. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let's do this. It's fine. (laughs) And then, so then I also have a lot of questions about after that because, and what do you do anyway? I, I I don't know if she's taught, if he's being mean to her, right? What do you, what do you do anyway? (laughs) Ain't there nothing you can (laughs) say, which is a weird thing to say. So I almost feel like he knows that she's going to do that. And I feel like he's watching the boyfriend watch this happen. And he's almost, again, saying, not saying it physically to him, but saying it in his head, what do you even do anyway? You should be stopping this. And you're seeing her do it. What are you good for? You like, you maybe know this, but you don't want to admit it to yourself just like me. Mm. Right. Or whatever the case might be. So I feel like he must be talking to to him or or her, you know, the, the, the new boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, and you just, what do you do anyway? Ain't there nothing you can say? Now, some of the other lines do make this weird. Um, in one of the early ones, I think verse are, um, take number four and you just, what do you do anyhow? Uh, what are you? Some kind of moose? Ain't there nothing you can say? Fucking weird. Are you a moose? That's the first time I've heard Bob Dylan say moose. Uh, (laughs) and then take six. He says, why are you sometimes rude? Sometimes it ain't nothing you can say. Sometimes ain't nothing you can say. Hmm. And then, uh, and, and you just, what are you, just, what do you do anyway? Isn't there anything you can really say? So again, I don't really know exactly who he's talking to. And then basically, um, she'll be standing on a bar soon, fish head and a harpoon and a fake beard plastered on her brow. Uh, you better do something quick. She's your lover now. Yep. Um, she'll be drunk soon. Adding to the allure, everybody. Warning to the new person again, like, listen, yeah. go find the iron chain, buddy. Get that Things chain. Things are getting dicey. Get that chain. Uh, that that fish head and a harpoon, fake beard blast, plastered on her brow, that is some specific shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's that on the nose thing that's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to put this out. I'm just kind of, I just, I gathered I'm a bunch of. definitely talking about that party you made me go to when I should not have been around you. I just gathered a bunch of musicians for me to just kind of vent this mm-hmm. out. Thanks, Columbia, for letting me do this. Who needs therapy? It's going away. Uh, the best lines in this, uh, Castle Honey with El Paso uh, Honey. Just like, even just like waiting the beat to make it fit. Love it. Um, and now you stand here with your fingers going up your sleeve. Oh, so good. I mean, what a what a cool piece of movement in a song that doesn't have a lot of moving parts. Because there's a lot of shells and maybes and like things might be happening, but you can't really tell. Uh, vicious Scale, but I'm not up in your castle, honey. Two peppers. <laughs> and you, just what do you do anyway? Ain't there nothing you can say? Three peppers. <laughs> the end of this uh, crazy song. What happens, Kelly? How does the song end? I'm at the party. But there's a little bit of, there's a little bit here, of yeah. change. Like, um, I think that the narrator is being like, you know what? You've changed. This was not like this before. And like, uh, maybe I never really knew you in the first place. And... Uh, I'm upset with both you and myself. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit more objectivity on the situation. Like, ugh, we were both assholes. Maybe I never really knew you in the first place. Maybe you were this fucking idiot fish person this whole time. 
I don't know Maybe anything. Maybe always a mermaid, and I just didn't <laughs> yeah. see it. I'm just going to get drunk. Goodbye. Uh, we also should note that this is not on the official BobDylan.com. There is only three verses to this song officially. This is all not only gleaned from, obviously, all of the existing evidence uh, in the forms of audio communications that have been recorded by Columbia Records in 1966 that we were able to listen to on the Cutting Edge part of Volume 12 Bootleg <laughs> series. Uh, so it's real stuff that should you know, be on websites by artists, mm-hmm. you know, you would think, but, um, but it's also has been well known for a long time what this, what that final verse is, but it's not technically part of the song. So in a weird way, it fucking ends on a goddamn cliffhanger. In my opinion, Jesus, hmm. you just end it with, you know, with a fish head and a harpoon, get out of here. You can't end it with that. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think that it's kind of like, what, you know, what is even happening here? I think that this final verse for me is where the song attains all of the glory that I have in my head of how good this song is is that final verse um, and it's iconic the way it ends just because that's the only version you have for so many years but I, f- I think they hit a stride oh, I must have fallen into the sadness do I look like Charles Atlas do you think I still got what you still got baby my voice is really warm it's just that it the way he's singing and the drums at that point are fucking better than they were the verse before and it's a shame that they didn't get to finish it because I think they would have fired out to end this thing and it would have been on the record Mm -hmm. I think it was good enough but if they fucking plowed through it like that and if they could do that the whole time this would be one of the better songs but it doesn't have that energy the way it does at the very end but yeah essentially he's reflective and kind of sad you know why must I fall into the sadness later he says uh, on earlier versions must I fall into the madness so the fact that he's sad I think is, is saying something um, but I love that do you think that I still got what you still got baby so this does break the the format from above because he's being reflective here instead of uh, later which is normally the way it's been but he is asking a genuine question not so much to her but like just in general like do I still have what you do everybody adores you everybody bows to you the same reasons I fell for you are reasons people love you look at everybody they're all here for you maybe it's your fucking birthday party or something and you invited me or whatever everybody loves you do I have something do I still have anything Uh, and then probably the most ambiguous moment of the whole song to me hinges upon my voice or her voice is really warm. It's just that it ain't got no form. So the one on the Boulay series, volume one through five, which I take as canon, that's like the official version, if you will. He says her voice is really warm. Hmm. But on all the others, including the piano version, it's my voice is really warm. So for me, the difference between the two of those is if he, if it's his voice, my voice, then I think he's just being conscious because he's about to like do a major put down on her mouth. So I think he's like, hmm, my mouth is weird. Fuck that. Fuck her mouth. Her mouth is fucking weird too. So it's almost comical. And it kind of sucks actually because all the rest of it's kind of garbage. Like, a, what? Shut up about her mouth. What are you talking about? That's mean. Don't be fucking mean. Uh, so if it's his mouth, I just, he's like being conscious about it. But if it's her voice, then to me, that like, that kind of changes it all because like the way that then I see it is that he's never even met her yet. Like her voice being really warm is the first time we get any, well, no, I guess she did touch his thing. Fuck. Well, maybe this is her getting like close, like on. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. And then, but I don't know. I guess I don't know. Because if it's, if it's also his voice, it's like last, dead man's last pistol shot, baby. I love that line. But what does that even, what does that even mean? Is it like, are one of them desperate? Or is that, I mean, that's a desperation shot, right? A dead man's last pistol shot is a desperation heave. Is one of them desperately being like, let's get out of here? I think so. I think that's what it is. I think, again, we've rushed into this too soon. We're having a private moment. Idiot who can't fucking pick up an ashtray is off in the corner. We've had... (laughs) Getting an ashtray. uh, Yeah. A second to actually steal away. And we're falling into old patterns immediately. And I'm being reflective in this moment. It's like one of those things where Mm. a a minute lasts forever. Like you're just in your own head. You're like... Maybe it wasn't actually like that. Maybe this is okay. And like, oh man, all I can really, I'm too drunk. And all I can really think about is like how warm you are and how close you are. And like, uh, maybe I'll just fucking, I'll try it. I'll just say, Hey, what if we, what if we just try again? What if we just fuck off out of this party? Let's just go. Let's just try. Yeah. Maybe they were about to kiss. And that's when he was like looking at her mouth and they're going for it. And then ashtray boy comes back. It's like, I got the ashtray. He's like not even saying anything about it. And that's when he goes into, ah, your mouth. It used to be so naked, but now or it could even be it's being clothed by this guy. More literal, where like your mouth used to be so naked, like you're wearing lipstick or you're doing like, you fish used to, well, like, <laughs> Take off too. the mask. <laughs> but it could be like that one last thing when you're about to do something regretful with an ex and there's something, they say something or something changed a little bit. You're like, that's right. That's why we're yeah. not together. Yeah. I fucking remember. It used to be. Goodbye. <laughs> that that garment was not available to put on. And then, ah, yeah. oh, there it is. Yeah. All right. That's good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. But your mouth used to be so naked. Weird. Your eyes used to be so blue. So you used to have a fire in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Your hurt I lo- your hurt used to be so nameless and your tears used to be so few. Wonderful bit of poetry, but she's probably not crying, Bob. So chill out on that. And then, of course, the song ends in our version uh, on the Billy right. Series 1 through 3. And now your mouth cries, wolf, pop, pop. Perfect. But it's your mouth cries, wolf. And I'm not scared of animals like you, which Bob drags out. A classic example of why this song doesn't work is that line sucks. It doesn't fit any structure. And listen to Bob Dylan playing that on piano. You realize why this song can't work. Lines like that. They're too unwieldy and they don't fit anything. Yeah. Uh, so that happens, uh, which I, I presume to be like you're crying wolf about and in, like being intimidated by me or something. So maybe boyfriend with the ashtray does come back and maybe gets up and is like this guy's trying to hit on me no right. baby he i'm not touching him he was doing it all to me mm-hmm. and i don't know maybe he's like your mouth cries wolf right because you're lying you're but because she's saying i'm not scared of animals like you right i'm not scared of you i don't know what that means do you i mean i think that's a good uh interpretation mm-hmm. of just that she's about to say something dishonest uh, but at the same time being like, but no, it's okay. Stay here. Like with one hand saying, oh, boyfriend. Ah, and yeah. the other hand being like, no, that's cool. It's it de- cool. It's good. That's fair. And it definitely affects the narrator for what it's worth. Because at that point he kind of cuts it all off. He's like, and you, there's nothing about you I can recall. Yeah. It's just, you were just there that one time. You were just there. That's all. I mean, that's, that's rough. That's four peppers. <laughs> so, that is four peppers. Well, we'll get to the pepper rating. In a <laughs> but I've already been, and this is also pepper worthy. But I've already been kissed. I'm not going to get into this. I couldn't make it anyhow. You do it for me, Ashtray Boy. Right. You're her lover now. Woo! I mean, that's 
this whole this is like definitely the most vicious like it's, oh that's that's rough. and i certainly empathize with the narrator like i said i all of this god fucking 19 year old 18 year old mm-hmm. me oh i mean bob is 100 tw- i mean 25 years old right, right? so like he, this is he's doing it he's doing exactly this only he's a fucking superstar you know and he's high all the time <laughs> Uh, Charles Atlas, you know Charles Atlas. Yeah, he was like the model of of male physique. Yeah. He was the most perfect man. He was a bodybuilder in like the beginning of the twentieth century. Yeah, it's incredible to see. And obviously, Atlas is the one who carries the earth on his, on, his on his shoulders. Like I said, this this song has the swagger of the best songs. I think when people get really into putting this song as one of the best up there with Tangled Up in Blue, up there with Like a Rolling Stone, up there with Visions of Johanna, whatever. I think that they're misguided. I don't think that this is as good as those, but I can see moments, glimpses of this song being a, a masterwork. There's so much going on. There's so much to read into um, that I, I love it. And contrasting the um, the final line, which is kind of vicious, right? The you kiss her for me, mm-hmm. you're her lover now. He actually comes back to this later on when he's mellower, when he's chiller. Uh, in 1975, a song called If You See Her Say Hello, Uh, about his divorce to Sarah. He's got a a song and a line that goes like this. If you get close to her. If you get close to her, kiss her once for me. Always have respected her for doing what she did and getting free. Oh, whatever makes her happy. I won't stand in the way For the bitter taste still lingers on From the night I tried to make her stay There's a lot of great variations on that too. A lot of Blood on the Tracks, you know, workarounds that we'll get into when we listen to the Bootleg Series Volume 14. More blood, more tracks. Um, but it's something that he's thought about. I mean, that's that's a sad, that is a sad version of the mean version that he just said. Well, I think it's also growth in age. It is like, growth in age. You definitely would handle, you would hope the situation differently. Exactly. You wouldn't feel so spiteful and immediately like you fucking hope. deranged because he's just going through a roller coaster emotion because it's like, I mean, I do like her, but I hate her and she's the worst, but also she's still really pretty and I don't really know what to do with myself and fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. She keeps touching my arm and he keeps seeing it and <laughs> we kind of like it. It's kind of amazing. We're, we're, it's like we're young again. It's like we're, yeah. you know, and then fuck, he's back. Ah. <laughs> And you know what? I ate your mouth. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the best lines, I think, the best lines from this whole thing are, are, are here. Uh, oh, why must I fall into the sadness? Charles Atlas. Uh, your voice is really warm. It's just that it ain't got no form. But it's just like a dead man's last pistol shot, baby. What kind of a line is that? That's fucking brilliant. Uh, vicious. Lots of viciousness. Uh, oh, your mouth used to be so naked. Your eyes used to be so blue. Your hurt used to be so nameless. Your tears used to be so few. One pepper and one sad pepper. That's right. Yeah. Introducing the sad pepper sad at pepper. the end of the podcast. Uh, and you, there's been nothing about you I can recall. I just saw you that one time. You were just there. That's all three peppers. Three peppers. I would give it four. I mean, that's so brutal. Like You it's were br- just there. Oh, I know, right. so good. And I did, but I, 11 peppers really skewed. Sure. The average here. I'll give it four. Four peppers. <laughs> yeah. Four peppers for that. And then the final one, um, but you've already been kissed. I'm not getting into this. I couldn't make it anyhow. You do it for me. You're her lover now. Two peppers and one sad pepper. Yeah. That's fair. Does this song work in 2020, Kelly? Absolutely. 
I think. I mean, yeah, it'll work forever. The fact that he tries to cram so many words into a song is like, and and is successful a lot of the time is the is part. incredible, and that endures. But but just the sentiment of it, it made me like really cynically fucking I'm 60 and I think that kids today don't know how to use metaphors <laughs> which sure. is completely untrue and stupid the same thing but yeah. I was like this is so great because this true. is cutting and biting and fucking shady and we something that everyone can relate to they're and always it's just, shady our parents used to be shady and shitty what, it's, what? <laughs> yeah exactly not me ma <laughs> yeah exactly why would she ever say this or think this and then you look at me ma now though and you're like oh yeah that bitch can be biting can you imagine her when she was 20 you know what i mean like every time you she never think about critiques it. you cutting the zucchini oh, she, like, oh grandma oh, I, rem- I bet you i, I bet, bet you, you were on that fucking bar with the fish head i bet you were hundo percent yeah so I, I think it totally works because this is a, a classic breakup song. And I mean, yeah. it you know, good luck with your new fucking person. No better. Good luck, Ashtray Boy. Good luck to all the Ashtray Boys. <laughs> yes. Introducing the Ashtray Boys. Uh, so I think it totally works. Yeah. Uh, musically, it's a fucking train wreck, to put it yeah. unkindly. but yeah, They really tried. But I, I think lyrically and the sentiment behind it, it, it 100% works. I absolutely understand why people are impatient with the song but is it I, mostly just musical oh yeah yeah it's yeah. just okay. music's not very good so like the lyrics and again it's just one of us was, is better it's yeah. just a better song like a rolling stone is better than this and they kind of do the same thing that's why his vicious songs even positively four street and can i please crawl out your window they're not as revered they're just really mean yeah. and it was almost like just get it out of your system and we'll take the good stuff from it and we'll make better songs with it and that's definitely a thing Sometimes it is a thing I can put it out there so you can get it out of your mind. Yeah. And today is so easy because you can just play it on your fucking computer and you just chill and you just do whatever. But then it's like you got to get all the musicians around, you know, the high stakes at that point. Right. Um, but I would say that if you were to put this gun to my head, I would put this on my Mount Rushmore of unreleased Dylan songs. I would put this up with Seven Curses, Foot of Pride. And the final song of the podcast, Blind Willie McDowell. I think that <laughs> those three, those three plus this one are as iconic of unreleased material as you're going to find. Nice. So, yeah, I think we hit a gem here. I and forgot all about uh, the Ashtray Boy. Ashtray Boy. His uh, perfect match, Ashtray Girl. This is a song by Placebo. Check it out. <laughs> I hold an image of the Ashtray Girl. I cigarette burns in my chest. Kelly, did you know that we're a real podcast, mm-hmm. podcasting from the year 2020? Gross. Wild. If you want to follow us online, we are in a couple of places. We are, again, inconsistently at Twitter. We are almost non-existent <laughs> on Facebook. And we are also inconsistent on Instagram. Try to follow us along. <laughs> we're working people, man. This is a working class podcast. That's we right. are doing our best. And uh, and if you want to give us money, Patreon is the way to go. Uh you're going to get episodes early if we do them early. Thank you. Get a hearty thank you. And, you know, there's always the possibility of doing more stuff, ideas for extra episodes and other things to keep Bob Dylan rolling throughout all the year. So if things happen, they're going to happen there. And we'll let you know about it. But otherwise, anything is just really nice. Thanks we'll for doing it. we'll say your name. We'll definitely say your name. This 100%. episode will be 100% brought to you by you. 
That's right. You could be bringing things to us. And if you don't want to do that, you can also tell people about the podcast, but you can also go to Spotify and type in She's Your Lover Now, S-O-T-W, and you'll find our public playlist um, under my name, Daniel, and just click on that. It's going to have a nice little logo, so you're not going to be led astray by all of the, the competing She's Your Lover Now fake playlists. This is real. And Kelly, what a playlist it was. Mm, indeed. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> it was fine. Got to uh, listen to Adele. We did, yeah. Oh, so speaking of the and playlist. Taylor Swift, two people that I never like seek out. If you're interested in the playlist, Kelly, do you do you remember who's on it? Welcome back to the playlist. Have been on multiple playlists for us. Bobby Darren. Oh, sure. Second one. Adele, number two for her as well. That Adele song. Oh, so good. I didn't know that was her. I've heard that song before. And it's really good. Uh, Taylor Swift. She's been on it before. She's on our Christmas episode. Right. Christmas and tree she does over. mention in this song, the Christmas tree thing. She says something about a Christmas tree. And I'm like, Damn. oh, and it's literally, it sounds like the same song. And yeah. I think she recorded that in the Christmas. On well, the it was same. the newest. That's the newest album. Love it or whatever. Yeah. So literally back to back for her on that one. Uh, so it was disappointing. Uh, the Clash, the sixth time for them. Lovers Rock. Uh, Judas Priest for the first time. Oh, no, Judas Priest is back. Black Keys are back for the fourth time. Queen is back for the fourth time. Uh, welcome to the playlist. Surprisingly, Patsy Cline. Wow. What? That can't be right. That's true. I feel like we must have had her at least before we were keeping data. We might have kept her on a, on a x-ray. Not an x-ray. On a, on a Christmas one. Mm, okay. But no, I've been keeping data since day one. Uh, so thank you. Artie. <laughs> Artie. Don't know who that is. Uh, Jeff Buckley. That's the Hallelujah guy, isn't he? He's the Hallelujah guy. Yeah. Um, he is Tim Buckley's son. I know Tim Buckley because he's a contemporary of Bob Dylan's who died early and also Jeff Buckley died early, tragically. Uh, Philip Bailey. We're not going to mention who he duetted with. Uh, Mary Wells. Why? Who did he duet with? You know who. The person who made the sound of the 80s. (gasps) Phil Collins. We don't speak his name. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Wells. Two lovers. Wait, they're the same. Billy Ocean. Greta Van Fleet for the first time and David Dondero for the first time as well. Kelly, what did you think about this playlist? I thought it was was fine. I I think that we're getting better at making the playlist because they're like a a straight hour, which Mm. is just pop it. It's a really nice way to listen to the Bob Dylan song if you don't feel like and it's just like you don't have to think about it. Just there. And then everything fits really well together. There's certainly a theme. And it's good. And I think we keep it eclectic enough that there's something for everybody. There really is. Something for literally everyone. I think so. And we want you to come and, you know, subscribe to it. Or just, uh, we have we have one where, that has all the seasons mixed up. So it's just hundreds of songs, all of our playlists put together. So you can follow those as well. Just anything. And we also have a real-time playlist that we change with every song called See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean. And you can just follow along with that. I'll be changing that every week for the new episodes uh, as we do them. So you'll kind of know what the song is and you'll be ready to go. And if you listen to that in real time, then you'll be able to listen to it with us as we do this episode. So. The only thing different, the only thing new, I've got your picture, she's got you. I've got the records that we used All right, Kelly, so that was She's Your Lover. Now, we were also people in the world this week, as always, and I want to know what you were doing. What, what would you recommend for people out there listening to this episode, and they're like, I'm looking for something to do next week. And you're like... Francis Quinlan of Hop Along put out an album. It is called... Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> it is good. She's great. Listen to it. 
we're going to go see her. Ah, wow. And that will be fun. That will be fun. Uh, yeah. It's, I feel like they all could have been Hop Along songs. And her voice is so unique that it's it's hard to divorce that. Like, yeah. why isn't this just a Hop Along record? It clearly is not. It definitely feels more stripped down. And it that's why it's like, I'm trying not to make it feel like it's missing something. Well, it's nice to have a couple of weeks to talk about this too. It's like, because my gut reaction was... These would be better. Why isn't it just hop along? Come back, hop along. You've only been gone for one year. Um, But I'm like, yeah, I can see a difference here a little bit. And I am excited to see her as just her and like see how that shakes out. Because seeing people live always, not always. She'll still have a band though. There's still a band there. It's like, it is strange that it's just like, it's it's just another band. I wonder if they will play hop along songs. Because then at that point, I'm like, what's the beef? What are we doing? What's the beef? What's going on here? Yeah. But she is playing, at least in Portland, when we're going to see her, uh, with a harpist named Mary Lattimore. Oh, see, this is the difference of. Okay, yeah. that's cool. So she, she might even be playing in the band. She Who might knows? be. She might be playing with Francis. Yeah. I don't know. That would but be cool. But she's actually a huge artist in her own right. I mean, she's got millions of, of listens on, on Spotify. And where too. is this at? Doug Fur? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be really cool. But um, so I try to listen to her stuff. I'm not really into it. It, I mean, the harp's a tough thing. And it, yeah. it, it feels... It's more of a bring it in for the... The one wistful song on your record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, she had an album called Hundreds of Days, and it was remixed by a bunch of different people. So oh, yeah. it's got her beautiful harp, but with a, a lot of other collaborative ideas. Yeah. Um, the guy from Siguros, uh, Jonesy, actually remixed one of the songs, too. And that thing is fucking perfect from beginning to end. So I would recommend Mary Lattimore's Hundreds of Days Remixes. Remix. It is Remix. Remix. So go listen to that. I was too shocked to one of my tired speeches listen that's a rare thing for me sunlight touches on the plants that i've been torturing yet when i come over i love that quick delay before your face alight Anyways, I also listened to stuff uh, this week as well. I finished Motown completely. Uh, Motown is featured on a couple of our... I finished Motown. I finished... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> what I destroyed you it. You know, did you know that Motown is still a record label? <laughs> sorry, I'm just... I don't understand your sentence. Yes, no, that's fair. I, I also uh, listened to a couple pieces of music this week uh, some new stuff and some older stuff uh, so I want to recommend uh, I want to recommend Motown the history of Motown Motown there's a on Spotify you can listen to every Motown single from 1959 to 1972 oh like they made a they made a like whole box set oh, cool. well it's a box set that you can buy but it's all broken up into years and nice. I just finished I listened to 59 I just finished 1969 it's really illuminating to listen to how it's changed over 10 years because when I just listened, I just finished 1969 uh, this week and I was like, there just aren't the hits, man. Hmm. Like it's, it's, we're on the decline at this point from just popular culture and like the world was changing even then because their highs in like 64, 65, like those, all the songs that you know uh, from the Supremes to Marvin Gaye to Smokey, Robinson and uh, Temptations, Miracles, all of them. Uh, 
Stevie Wonder, like Mary Wells, all of them, so good. Um, Martha and the Van, Martha and the, oh, Vandetta, the Vandellas, yeah. Vandellas, amazing. Um, so good. And then it's just watching the decline. It's been tough, but it's really cool to hear them do uh, jokey songs, funny songs, country songs, just trying to do anything to like make a buck, um, whatever the trends were that that time period. And then they started doing a lot of Christmas stuff at the end, so you kind of know you're about to end. The playlist, if you're just kind of zoning out, because then you're like, why is Stevie Wonder singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? This is awkward. Um, I want to recommend Drug Church. The album Cheer uh, came out in 2018. And I want to recommend, uh, we talked about this this band called uh, Imrahan. Imrahan. Hmm. Uh, they have a self-title in the 2016 in Temet. Uh, it came out in 2018. Uh, I think they just released a single in 2019, so probably a new record. But they're from Algeria. And they are, I don't even know the type of music to describe it's, it. It's called, It's there's a name for it. It's like, tum, tum, Actually, we should look at, go yeah. yeah, genre-wise, uh, it's it's Tisha, Tishu, Tishumaran, Tishumaran, T-I-S-H-O-U-M-A-R-E-N. That's not the word I saw. Uh, Desert Blues. No. Nope. Uh, Tureg, Turag. That's it. Tureg. All right, so Tishumaran, also known as Desert Blues. On or Tureg blues is a style of electric guitar-led North African music emerging from the traditional uh, Tumareg music in the 1980s. There we go. It has grown popular with these groups. Yeah. Hmm. So the ele- so basically the electrical version of of um, probably a more acoustic style, um, the electric guitar-led instead of the acoustic. Guitar- but these guys fucking riff, and they are really really good. It's just I mean I don't understand what they're saying because I don't. It's not in English. It's not in English, but they do have Iggy Pop on their 2018 record, which is wild. Um, and he does sound like he's phoning it in, but it's also Iggy Pop, so you kind of like, eh, it's all good. He gets tired. And I recommend it. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of stuff where I'm just like, I need to focus and do other stuff, but I just want to, you know, just keep expanding my repertoire because it's either just listen to 20s jazz, which we've talked about. It's like, the you know, lo-fi hip hop or 20s jazz. Mm-hmm. Same thing. <laughs> but instead of just doing that over and over, I'm like, okay, as long as they're not singing in English, I'm good. Not distracted. Not distracted. Uh, and you really can't learn languages from songs, at least as far as I'm concerned, because you can't tell context. You can't tell, you know, whereas you could maybe learn it from a TV. Right. And kind of tell what's going on. Um, but uh, new new releases that came out, uh, I would recommend Slotface. Slotface. I don't know exactly how you say it. Uh, sorry for the late reply. Fantastic. I also recommend Francis Quinlan's Likewise and uh, Destroyer. Uh, Have We Met pairs well with She's Your Lover Now, which we just finished. Um, kind of crazy. Um, verbose, lyrical, lyrically dense. Uh, he's been putting out music like that for a long time. So it's really cool to see him still making great music. So all of that stuff and your recommendations are a great way to start the next week. Unlike She's Your Lover Now, we do not end unceremoniously. We are here to pick next week's song. Kelly. Yes. We just listened to She's Your Lover Now. We have 397 songs left. Holy moly. Are you going to pick a number or is this going to be awkward silence for the next couple minutes? I was 
Well, I was going to just do nothing because of the song, how it ends. True. Just to celebrate that. Just like but then slowly you, petered out. Then you said we, we're we not going to do that. So now right. we have to continue. We could s- just sit here. If you called my bluff, I don't know what I would do. If you just walked out, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. You just hear a door shutting and that's the end. But easily for you, if you're still on this random.org thing, um, you don't have to... You don't have to think. 242. Oh, wow. All right. 242 out of 397. I feel like random.org is still kicking you in the 200s, though. So 242. Ooh, we would have been going back to the 1960s, which is where we are, but earlier. <laughs> earlier. A couple of years earlier. Wow. Uh, we would be doing a song called Quit Your Lowdown Ways. No. <laughs> down. Down is good. Down is good. We're creating the word generator. If you have not been following along with our slowly outros. but surely building a dictionary, yes, and and uh, it's going to be glorious. I think when we finally get there. No, Kelly, uh, one out of three ninety seven. The correct answer is ah two thirty one. Wait, did you say two thirty one? Two forty two. Ah, two thirty one is the right answer. Ooh, all right. Nineteen seventies. How you feeling about nineteen seventy eight? We're going to Street Legal. Back to Street Legal. We listen to. Was that the one where he's got the brown jacket? He's like cover? outside the door, like looking out the no, door. Different. Yeah. I don't know. That's not the one I'm thinking of. I, it might be the one you're maybe thinking of. No, uh, we're going to Street Legal 1978, and we're going to listen to a song called Baby Stop Crying. Baby. Stop crying. Stop you crying. You did this for Game I of Thrones. I did it for Game of Thrones. Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. I was like, I, yeah. I feel like we've done this. All right. So um, uh, Street Legal 1978, baby, please stop crying. Stop, stop crying. crying. Hell yeah. I already right. know it. I already there got go. it in my bones. Then we're good. We're about to party. We'll see you next week for, uh, or we'll see you next episode for Baby Please Stop Crying.